Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Half the Distance to the Goal. Third episode dropping in your feed. This week, we're giving you the Big 12 in SEC season win totals, over-unders, leans, which side to take to hopefully win you some money. This week, we have our special guest joining us and friend of the program, friend since back, back in the day, Joel Huddleston. What's going on? Go Gators. That's all that needs to be said. Man, right. man, a few words, it seems like. And, uh, and as always, I have my left-hand man, Brett Galt. What's going on? Yeah, he says good Gators. Just wait till the season starts. Then we'll see how, what he'll be saying then. We open up against Florida Atlantic. We should be good. Yeah. Isn't Bush, Bush Davis is there, right? I think he is, actually. He took over he, from, see, from I think you were Florida International. Willie Taggart's at one. Oh, no. He's at FAU and then Willie no, Willie Taggart's at FAU, and then Butch is at uh, Florida International. Okay. Well, I mean, you got an old Knowles coach coming to knock you off. but I didn't yeah. even think about that. <laughs> yeah, no, as always, Joel, thanks for joining us. Um, and speaking of sponsors, you know how we've been trying to get Bush Light. We don't have them yet, but we do got some, some plugs to give it. So the first plug that we're plugging in for the show – uh, my wife's business and her best friend, Delaney, future Delaney May, as of now, Delaney Stefanski, forget me not, they are wedding coordinators and wedding planners. So if you're in the bar market to get married or are you thinking about getting a ring for somebody and we just want to start looking into wedding packages and what it's going to cost you, check them out. Instagram and Facebook, forget me not, not is spelled K-N-O-T like you're tying it. Next plug we got, my man, Mike May, has started a new podcast with his friend Jordan, the Rod the Bod podcast. So for all you Hurricanes fans and Kaniacs out there, if you want to see what's going on during the offseason and just wait till we get in the season, content's going to get really good. Check them out. They give recaps of what's going on in free agency, you know, the likeness of the Canes, forward outlooks, contracts, anything to do with the NHL, but mainly focus on the Hurricanes. Give them a follow. And the last plug that I have for us, it is for my sister, Maya Bullock. She has started an Etsy shop. If you love abstract, boho, or electronic art, check it out. The designs are on Etsy. Everything is digital to print for wall art, home office, decor, desktop backgrounds. If you have any office space and want to spruce it up, the link will be in the comments of the podcast. Check her out and give us some support. What was that, in under a minute and a half for our sponsors? Thank you. And we have a couple more coming. Bush Light's coming, but we have one more in the works for sure. We're just figuring out fine details and payment. <laughs> you know, every everything isn't monetary based, but getting paid in beer ain't that bad. All right. So without further ado, we'll go ahead and hop into our wind totals. We know what you're here for. So over under big 12 teams at the top, of course, we're starting off with the top dog, Oklahoma. Joel, as our guest, and you know how we do this, we round robin it. If you don't have a play, just say pass. We'll move on to the next one. Uh, may discuss it lightly, but if you have a bet, go ahead and lay it. So Joel, do you have anything for Oklahoma over under win total at 11? So we're at 11. I'm going to say... I know it's kind of risky, but I'm going to say over. Okay. They're, they're going to make 11 or more. You got Spencer Rattler. 
which he's a phenomenal quarterback. And it seems like Lincoln Riley just gets these stud quarterbacks, whether it's Baker or Kyler Murray. It's just unreal. So I think Spencer Rattler will be a good uh, comeback guy this year. And then we played last year. And then the three teams I put that they would have trouble against is obviously Iowa State, mm-hmm. Texas, just because of the rivalry. And then West Virginia. I put West Virginia. Yeah, well, you shouldn't have. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> we haven't beat them since we've been in the Big 12. <laughs> I just, give a chance this year. Give a chance. That's I'm pretty, That game's a Norman, too. So, I yeah. mean, yeah, I, I mean, I appreciate it, but, like, come on. It, it's okay. I'm sorry, bro. But um, are you – Brett, you here? Yeah. You cut out for a second. You guys hear me? You cut out for a second. Oh, okay. Am I all good now? Yeah, we can hear you. Okay, yeah. So I'm uh, I'm agreeing with Joel here. I'm going over as well. Like like you said, Spencer Aller's returning. Solid rug game returning. And I think the key is Alex Grinch, another – Another year in the in the defense as the defensive coordinator, I think they'll be a little bit better. They're going to continue to get better as he gets his guys. And just looking at their, I mean, they're out of conference. Their non conference is Tulane, Western Carolina, and Nebraska. So they're going to have a breeze through them. I really think the biggest challenge will be like Joel said. I think it's going to be Iowa State. We'll get to them in a little bit, but I. I really don't. I mean, even if they lose that game, I still think they'll be at the mark. So I'm taking 11 as well. Or I'm taking it over as well. Okay, cool. Well, let's make it a clean sweep. I'm also taking Oklahoma over 11. Um, they ended the year really well last year. They beat the piss out of the Gators. They beat them 55 to 20 in the Cotton Bowl. So bowl game and the SEC doesn't care about bowl games unless it's in a playoff. So I mean, right. I, I will I will give Jeff or Joel the benefit of the doubt here is that Kyle Trout didn't have anybody throw the ball to that hole. Game. Where I was mean, Kyle Pitts? Where was Kadarius Tony? Oh, they were prepping for the NFL draft. I, I'm still saying the, uh, the the record books don't show that in the college. But yeah, so they, they they beat the hell out of Florida, 55 to 20 in the Cotton Bowl. Very good win for them. And I'm not really a Spencer Rattler guy. I think he's actually a little overrated. Um, he he has flashes, but he he made some dumb freshman mistakes last year, and I really didn't see him ironing them out as the year went on. Like, you remember, like, they kind of, like, benched him, like, at a couple of times and just put yeah, someone he, else. He did struggle at times. Yeah, so I'm not a big Spencer Rattler fan, but I am pretty down on the Big 12 in general. Um, I see a lot of push insurance with 11. So, when and there's 10 teams in the Big 12. So, they get everyone in their conference. There are two out-of-conference games, or Tulane and Western Carolina. Sorry, yeah. Western Carolina. But, um, you know, it's, it's a paycheck game, essentially. And no one on the schedule, I think, really threatens them outside of Iowa State. So, you know, if I see 12 wins and maybe if they lose one somewhere along the road, that's still a push and I don't see them losing two. Um, I'm going to take them. And it, it comes down to their offense. They averaged 500 yards last year and 43 points a game. And I don't know if any other big 12 team is going to score over 43 points a game or even, like, come close to that. And I also think their defense will be a little stingier this year. Um, from my research, I saw that a lot of 
like professionals in the industry think that they're going to be a lot better. Um, and part of the reason, like they did very well in the transfer portal. Sorry, Trevor, but they purged the hell out of Tennessee. They got Eric Gray. The, I think he was a running back. And then Key Lawrence played defense on the defensive side of the ball. So they got two of Tennessee's best players last year. And they're just going to be plug and play. I, I like Oklahoma to go undefeated uh, during the regular season, similarly to an SEC team. Uh, we'll get Oklahoma to a purge off of Tennessee. So, yeah, but these are actually good players on a very bad team. <laughs> so, yeah, they were. We're going to have a, a clean sweep here with Oklahoma over 11. All right. So, after Oklahoma, Iowa State, nine and a half wins. Any plays? Yeah, I'm playing them. I say they're gonna they're gonna go above nine and a half, at or above nine and a half. My only real real loss for them would be against Oklahoma. But I think Matt Campbell, especially last year, I think it was they lost to the Raging Cajuns right off the bat and just kind of really put a damper on things. But I think you know they ended up playing well towards the end of the season and obviously made the championship game. But, uh, no, I, I really like Iowa State. I think they've got a lot, a lot of good things going for them. Matt Campbell's a phenomenal coach, and they're lucky to have kept him around Iowa State this long. Yeah, I think for this team, you look at their out-of-conference schedule, Northern Iowa, um, which is a win, and UNLV, which is a win. Uh, but, Joel, or Brett, before you go, go excuse me. Joel, do you think that there's a tear drop from Oklahoma to Iowa State and then the rest of the Big 12? Or do you think Iowa State is up there with Oklahoma, like from a talent standpoint? Uh, talent, definitely not. No, I mean, they're, I, I think I read they've recruited just three, four, and five stars in the last like three years at Iowa State. It really comes down to coaching. Matt Campbell is a phenomenal coach and he's got a great staff. And Oklahoma is just littered with talent. You know, they probably them and Texas probably get the best talent in all of the Big Twelve, and then everyone else is just you're just hoping to catch Oklahoma when they're down. And uh, in Oklahoma, I mean, it seems like every year they have at least two games where they really struggle. So they do, yeah. It's yeah. true. They always have that. I think what Kansas State was one year and then Iowa State was another year. So, yeah. Yeah. They always had that tough game where they just, they kind of lose it. Brett, you have a play here? Yeah, I do. I'm taking over nine and a half as well. I like Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy um, returning once again for another season. He's basically a veteran at this point. They returned Bryce, Brees Hall as well, mm-hmm. running back, probably the, uh, yeah, probably the best running back in the uh, Big 12, if not the country as well. And then, like Joel said, Matt Campbell. I mean, I don't know how they've kept him so long. I think, I think the schedule pretty much like Joel said, Oklahoma, and then uh, it, they got to get over the hump and finally beat Iowa. I mean, <laughs> Matt Campbell has not beaten Iowa since he's been there, so they're going to have to finally get over the hump and do that. But other than that, I don't think I don't see really any problems throughout their schedule. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm not playing it, but again, I, I see it very similarly to how you guys laid it out. Oklahoma, I'm counting as a loss. So I guess taking it at nine and a half, 12 games, you're basically saying they're they're going to win 10 games. So they can only lose two. So Oklahoma in maybe a slip-up spot. Uh, 
I see a lot of ruckus possibly happening. Um, ideally, the last week. So, 11 on November 20th, they go to Oklahoma and play, which I think will be a loss. And then six days later is on a short week. They play TC on a Friday. I think TCU may be a sneaky team, and we'll get to them later on in the show. And if Iowa State, you know, they get a little banged up, uh, not as well rested for that TCU game, I can see that as a slip-up spot. They go to Texas, and I'm not big on Texas at all. I, I think Texas is going to suck, like, almost every year. They're, they're definitely overrated. They don't deserve it to be rated in the top 25 at their 21 slot. But, you know, going to Austin, the environment, I think mean, they're going to be wide open. Like, in a that, that game's at Iowa State. Oh, no, you're right. No, it is at Iowa State. No, you're absolutely right. But, you know, Texas might have something in the tank. And that that is actually the point. I did write that down. So they have Oklahoma State and Texas coming to them, which is a good thing. Um, so they could make it work, but I see a couple traps in there, and I'm going to stay away personally. So speaking of Texas, Texas eight wins. Any plays? I'm, I'm not touching this one. I mean, I just – I don't know. I don't really don't know what Sarkeesian's going to bring. I don't really think he's going to do that well at Texas, to be honest. But, I mean, you lose Sam Ellinger. And I think I think Texas fans are probably about ready to see him go, honestly. I mean, he's a good, solid football player. But quarterback-wise, he had his ups and downs. I mean, he was a tough competitor. But I don't know. I'm just – I'm not touching this one just because I don't know how – Sarkeesian is going to kind of coach them up. The last time we saw him as a head coach, we know what he did at Washington. So I, I'm just not touching this. Joel? Yeah, I, I don't see any way that Texas gets eight wins. Um, first of all, if you look at their first two games, I think they're really interesting. You've got the Raging Cajuns, who beat up Iowa State last year. Yep. And they come in ranked 23rd this year. I think you got to watch out for them because these guys actually have some pretty good experience and they've already taken down and like they, they took down Iowa State. So watch out for them. And then the second game, you got to look out for Arkansas. And I think that game, yeah, it's at Arkansas. So yeah, in Fayetteville. Yeah. And I really like Arkansas's head coach, Sam Pittman. He's like, he's been a really good coach there. And, you know, last year they had Felipe Frank, an old Gator. And, uh, Thankfully, he actually did, you know, pretty well at Arkansas and is now with the Falcons. But uh, I think out of those two games, you're going to see Texas take a loss, if not two. Yeah. Um, and then Texas only has <laughs> – they're only returning 53% of their roster from last year. The rest of their guys transferred or graduated and went on. And then Steve Sarkeesian, I mean – he did great at Alabama as an offensive coordinator, but who doesn't do great at Alabama as an offensive coordinator? Uh, Jim McElwain did great. <laughs> you saw that. <laughs> and Lane Kiffin did great. Then he ends up at FAU. And now, now he's at Ole Miss. But um, I, I just don't foresee Texas being any good. Um, Are you playing it under eight? Yeah, under eight. All right, cool. Uh, I am not playing this. Like, sentiments, as you said, I think Louisiana is a trap game off, off the bat. Like, uh, if Louisiana won, I expect that game to maybe be like a five or maybe like a four to six point spread. I'll probably take Louisiana uh, in week one. 
I, I think Arkansas is very capable of beating them. As we know, they cannot beat TCU for, for some reason. Oklahoma, that'll be a loss. Gundy may have something dialed up for them. Matt Campbell and the Cyclones might. I, I just see a lot of damage on Texas' schedule. And just knowing that they're always a lot – I don't know, they're always overrated every year coming in. For what reason? I don't know why. It's the whole, like, Texas-USC factor for some damn reason. I, I'm not playing it, but I would lean on the side of Joel to go under eight. And I think if they lean on eight, it'll be a good push. But I see – seven wins more likely than than eight or nine, a hundred percent. So that'll take us to Stillwater for the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Their over under total is at seven and a half. Any plays? I mean the mullet's great, but that's that's all I care about at Oklahoma State. Brett? I mean I did I took the over on this. This is a little bold. But I mean Missouri State, Tulsa out of conference, I think you'll take those. The game, Boise State could be tough, not going to lie. Yeah. But the Big 12 is – I mean, honestly, besides Iowa State and Oklahoma, the Big 12 is kind of up for grabs right now, like for the rest of the spots. So, three, three – uh, well, I guess except for Kansas. But they return Spencer Sanders. They will lose Chuba, Chuba Hubbard. But – I don't know. Spencer Sanders, he didn't play well last year, so I expect him to bounce back this year. They do uh, lose Tyron Wallace, but I don't know. I just I have a feeling that they can get to that uh, over seven and a half. So I think they can get to eight wins, truly. I mean, like I said, out, out of conference isn't that bad and or isn't that good. And then kind of the rest of the games are kind of up in the air besides maybe Iowa State and Oklahoma. So I'm, I'm taking the over right here. Cool. Well, uh, Brett's on the over, Joel, no play. Uh, like you said, Boise will be a tough game. Like you never want to go like play on the Smurf turf. Uh, I, I'm not playing it. I'm staying away. Gundy, I hope – like they're making it to a bowl game. I agree with you. Uh, I'd like to see you get eight wins. i like to see you beat Oklahoma, to be honest, even though I'm playing the Oklahoma over. But, I mean, it's about time you beat them. What's he beat them, like, two times in 13 years? Like, and something the game close did, to that. The game didn't still water, too. Yeah. So, I mean, very capable. Um, so, only one play on the Oklahoma State over for Brett. And next, we're taking it to TCU seven wins. Any plays? Yeah. I, I feel good about TCU, honestly. Um <laughs> And, you know, it's funny, I was just thinking about this, is Gary Patterson is kind of like the Gus Malzahn of the Big 12 to me. He, like, there's some years where they have a phenomenal offense and he's just a great mastermind. And then there's other years, like more recently, where you're just kind of scratching your head, like, what's going on over there, Gary? And that's eventually what got Gus fired. But I don't, I don't foresee Gary ever getting fired at TCU, really. Um, but... As far as next season, they're returning 86% of their players. Uh, so they've got a lot <clears throat> a lot of experience, and then their defensive ends are really good and really good pass rushers. So I think there, there might be some games where they're going to scare maybe in Oklahoma or Iowa State, um, and, and it's going to be really interesting to watch. I, I think they'll probably get a game that no one would expect them to win, and then – 
they'll probably they'll probably end up winning quite a few. But I, I think they'll get above seven. Yep, I, I agree with you completely, Joel. Uh, I'm actually playing the TCU over seven as well. They're out of conferences, uh, Duquesne, Cal, and SMU. I think those are all wins right there. Uh, yeah, I mean, Cal or SMU can give them an issue, but I, I'm not really seeing it. And then they have Kansas, which yeah. we'll get to Kansas later in the show. Um, SMU, but yeah, so, I think, has a better chance of getting on. Yeah, SMU was pretty good last year, but uh, you, know, you never know. Yeah, no, absolutely. So if, if they get four wins, which I see – and then they just need three wins out of Texas, Texas Tech, West Virginia, Kansas State, Baylor, Oklahoma State, Iowa State. I don't really see the the Iowa State, but I do see the other teams as, like, very gettable. Like you said, they have a lot of players coming back. There's non-starters back on offense, eight starters back on defense. Max Duggan, I mean, he can grow a lot. They average 31 points per game. And, I mean, they led the Big 12 in rushing last year. And, give or take, we know it's a pass-happy league, but – if you can establish a run game, all that all that does is open up your pass. So I'm also like pretty pretty bullish on the Horn Frogs, and I'm gonna take them over seven. I'm not taking this one. I can't. I could see it though. I mean, they also dealt with a lot of COVID problems last year too. They dealt with a ton of injuries as well. So I could definitely see them exceeding the seven, but I am not taking this. All right, well, that rounds it out for TCU. Next up, very interesting team, Brett's beloved West Virginia Mountaineers. We'll, uh, we'll let you kick this one off. Do you have a play? No, I do not. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me add it. <laughs> it so, I, I don't know how conference actually scares the crap out of me. I mean, the first game against Maryland actually scares uh, – it scares me. That game scares me because I don't really know what to expect from them. And then um, we have Virginia Tech as well. At least that game is in Morgantown. But the out of conference, those two scare me. And then it's going to come down to our quarterback play, honestly. Uh, we have a guy named Jared Dagey, and I really – he was a little shaky at times last year. I've heard through camp he's been playing a lot better. But – Usually coaches say that all offseason, honestly, for being honest. So, I don't know. I'm not touching it. I mean, could we be – could we have a little bit of surprise? I don't know. But I am just – like to stay away from this. Joel, what you think? I mean, I, I see more than six and a half. I <laughs> – I mean, it's possible. I'm not thinking. <laughs> I see it. I, I see it. Well, listen, you got a really good quarterback and a really good running back, and you, you don't have an offensive line, though. That, that's a bit no, of a that's, That is not true. We actually have – our offensive line should be massively improved from last year. It we can't really be worse. From, <laughs> yeah. Well, we have a transfer from um, – from Virginia Tech, Doug Nestor transferred to us. Yeah. And then we also have a four-star that should be moving right into the starting lineup. And then also a, a freshman that actually played a lot of snaps last year that should be back into the role again this year. So our our offensive line should be roughly – I mean, it should be really better. I mean, that was that was the problem last year is we couldn't run the ball to save our lives because there was no holes open. So we can get the running game going and open up for the pass. 
then we could have a decent season, but it's, it's going to matter about the offensive line. Y'all have been improved ever since Neil got there. You have been yeah. improved on defense for sure. Now, and the, def- the defense should be decent again. I don't know too much about Tyke Smith, but he's transferred to Georgia. Yeah, and I just saw, I actually, I actually just read something earlier that he had to get surgery. So he's out for, yeah. Yeah, it's the West Virginia curse. Everybody that transfers, something happens to him. So he's just he's part of that now. Um, yeah. So I feel good about West Virginia. And then tell me, Marcus, what do you think about that? Looks like the third game of the season. They play Virginia Tech. How do you, how do you feel about that one? Coin flip. Well, we that, we talked about this in the ACC. We don't know which Virginia Tech team we're gonna be, like gonna get. I, Virginia Tech is very capable of beating Chapel Hill that first game, like we are. Um, but if we get off on the wrong foot, like I said, Wintay can be fired before like game seven, game eight, and give or take the West Virginia games early. I think the line will maybe be like two and a half, like points. And it could swing between whichever team starts better. Honestly, yeah. like, I don't think I can confidently say Virginia Tech will be the favorite or if West Virginia will be the favorite. But I yeah. see it less than a field goal in the spread. I think it will be a hell of a ball game. But, I, I mean. I don't know what you think about Virginia Tech heading into a season. Like, they're either really good or, like, they're just going to go out there and play with the best of them or just suck it up all year. <laughs> Yeah, well, and that and that's the hard part, being a Tech fan, because Beamer always had, like, great recruits. All Like, you could always bet on Virginia Tech yeah. at, like, nine wins a season. Like, and what did we have? There were nine years in a row where we won, like, 10 games or more, like, from, like, 2000 to 2009 or, like, 2010. Like, dude, we were, like, constantly – like, we ran the ACC when we first got in, like, going to Orange Bowls and everything. But, yeah. like – like I said, like Fuente can be fired like game six or game seven, depending on how it's going. Like I definitely didn't touch them in over under wins because they they have the talent on their roster to out man and out gun people, but you don't know if it's gonna happen. And that, that would be a game to, to be a fun game to go to. Yeah, it, it would be. be fun. I, I thought about going to that game, but yeah, I mean I don't know. Yeah, so I, I, again. Uh, wait, Joel, were you playing that West Virginia six and a half? Yeah, I was thinking uh, over. Oh, well, Joel takes it. Put me down as over because I can't just have Joel take oh, it. Oh, man. Take embarrassing. It. <laughs> well, I, I think I see it more landing at six. I'm going to let you two uh, run with it. But that takes us to Kansas State next. They are sitting at five and a half wins. I'll kick this one off. Um, I'm going to take the over. And the reason being, let me, let me pull their schedule really quick. It, it's a very manageable, manageable schedule. Um, I mean, initially, S- S- Southern Illinois, Nevada, Kansas, that should be three wins there. So if I only need three wins to hit the over, they have Stanford game one. And if they beat Stanford game one to like basically start at four wins, from the schedule that I'm predicting, I, I think that's an automatic hit right there. But I mean, you, you never know. I really like their quarterback, Skylar Thompson. He was hurt last year, but I think he, I think he can actually like be very good and very productive for them. And if their offense starts up, 
I think it's a great play because when I look at the Big 12 teams like Oklahoma State, even like Texas Tech, West Virginia, Baylor, I kind of see them all in a pod and all those teams can all, all those teams can trade wins. So if I can start out the gate with three, maybe even four, and just need to scratch and claw like two, like best case scenario, I'm going to take that over just because I think their quarterback is going to be a game changer and keep them in a lot of games. Their skill players aren't that bad is what you would think a Kansas State team, maybe under like Snyder would be. But again, you know, they're, they're spotted three wins, maybe four in a conference where a lot of teams are alike. So I think that gives them enough Saturdays to get the wins to hit six wins over five and a half. So I'm going to take K-State over. I mean, I, I could see that. But like you said, Skylar Thompson was hurt pretty much all of last year. And that definitely played a part in the way they played last year. But I will not be taking it. But I could see the over just based on him being back this year. Yeah. I, I find it hard to trust in a Kansas State team without Bill Snyder at the helm. I, I, I miss that man. <laughs> but uh, I, I didn't really – I didn't take any of these remaining teams. We've got Kansas State, Baylor, Texas Tech, and Kansas. Um, you know, Kansas State, Baylor, and Texas Tech, I think, are all at pretty similar positions. And then Kansas, I mean, you got to think Kansas can can win more than one game. It's just. <laughs> I, I looked at their schedule yesterday and I was like, I dude, they get a win. I mean, I'm not I'm not going above on it, but uh, I, I didn't touch it. But I'm just thinking, surely. They're not going to be coastal, do you think? I mean, I don't know. Wait, wait, guys. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. <laughs> I, I, I'm with Joel, though. I do not have the rest of the teams in either. Okay, cool. So that rounds it out pretty nicely. I have one more play for a remaining team, and we'll go through it for the listeners. So we do not have a play on Baylor over under five and a half wins. No plays on Texas Tech over under four and a half wins. I think those are two pretty good numbers, and – like I said, with the teams in the Big 12 just being a lot of alike, there will be trading wins. I think you'll be sweating a lot of those, so I'm not going to play it. But but I am going to play the bottom feeder team in the league, and I'm playing Kansas under one win. I don't think they'll win. <laughs> and, and, and you know the great part about this bet? If they beat South Dakota State week one, cool, I'll push. But if they lose, there's – I mean, that, that's my money because – you, let's look at their out-of-conference schedule. They have South Dakota State, who I actually think will be like a shootout because South Dakota State's a very good FCS team. <laughs> yeah, no, they're they're very good. And then they have – they're in Myrtle Beach or in Conway, I suppose. We're just going to say in Myrtle Beach at Coastal Carolina. And then they have Duke. And David Cutcliffe is not going to lose to Kansas. They, they're not beating Coastal. I can tell you that. No. Literally, their best, their best chance for a win is going to be South Dakota State. And I think that's where they got the they, – where they have them at the one win at. Yeah, and, and they're not going to win a conference game, um, I guess. So, I'm Kansas under one because I think that they're that bad. Do you guys think that uh, Les Miles has gone seven he's weeks into the season? Yeah, he's gone. Oh, that's right. They had the allegations. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm saying bring back Charlie Wise. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, basically, basically, if you're a coach, yeah. you just you just go to Kansas to get your paycheck and then get out. Just get fired. 
He was looking like, for a good severance package there. Yeah, yeah you go there, there, you get a very friendly uh, buyout towards the university. <laughs> I think you actually in. end up buying out Kansas to get out of your contract yeah. and be the coach there. <laughs> You, you have to give them restitution for losing everything. Okay, <laughs> cool. So let's uh, recap these big 12 win totals. We'll start with our guest, Joel, or I guess across the line. We're all on Oklahoma over 11. Joel also has Iowa State over nine and a half. Texas under eight wins. TCU over seven in West Virginia over six and a half. Brett, along with Oklahoma over 11, has Iowa State over nine and a half, similarly to Joel. And then he's going out on a limb by himself, taking Oklahoma State over seven and a half. And he's with Joel, West Virginia, over six and a half. Because he couldn't let Joel ride alone. And that's his team. <laughs> and then myself, again, Oklahoma over 11. Uh, me and Joel are aligning with TCU over seven. Kansas, I'm, I'm with Kansas State over five and a half and Kansas under one. South Dakota is going to beat them week one, and then I'm just going to message my bookkeeper and say, just send me my money <laughs> because they're, they're not winning any more games. So I, I think before we get into the SEC, we would be remiss to not talk about the fact that Texas and Oklahoma are planning their big escape from the Big 12 and they're coming to real man's football. And <laughs> Marcus's Marcus face, right? He's <laughs> like, why did I invite this guy? They're coming to the SEC. Okay. When I, Here's a little trivia for you guys. When was the last time there was a team added to the SEC outside of Texas A&M and Missouri? No one I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you that. It was uh, it was South Carolina. Yes, it was in 1992. South Carolina. They were independent, and then they joined the SEC along with Arkansas. Well, no, no, no. They were not independent. They were in the ACC, and then left for an independency year, and then joined the SEC. It's all the same. <laughs> wow, he just kind of just ruined your whole trivia right there. I thought that was super interesting, and I think it'll be interesting to watch Texas and Oklahoma in their last season, whenever that ends up being in the Big 12, watching them and how that compares to, like, Texas and Mizzou before they came into the SEC and watching how they do in the SEC. Um, I think it's going to be really interesting. I mean, like we talked about in one of our previous shows, like, Oklahoma can kiss goodbye to the conference championships, and then Texas can just keep on sucking like they do in the Big 12. I mean, it's basically what's going to – it's all about the money. I mean, I don't – like – Steve Spurrier even said that. He said, well, I mean, Texas might as well lose in the SEC and get the money. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're just going to keep on doing what they've done in the Big 12. So, yeah. And, I mean, the thing is, it's not like Texas doesn't get good recruits every single year, too. They just can't coach them up. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So while we transition to the SEC, we know that we have some great sponsors and supporters with one on the way for sure, just waiting to break the news, hopefully next week. But we are still seeking that elusive sponsorship from Bush Light. Oh, the crack. The crack. We, 
So to keep everyone updated, we actually reached out to Bushlight and they kindly referred us to their local distributor uh, here in North Carolina. So we're in talks right now. It's not over. We're still trying to get them. It, that's the thing. We, we, we don't want money. We just want you to, to sponsor <laughs> alcohol at our tailgates that we're going to have outside of Carter Fitz. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. dude. Life's bigger than money. So with that being said, Bush, come on, hop on the train. I think Bush could respect that. Yeah. Bush is a very tegritous beer. I mean, it, there's only one real light beer. Bushlight. All right, fellas. Well, let's kick off the SEC. Of course, hot dogs. You know who we're partnering with? Alabama. <laughs> the Crimson Tide, they're sitting at 11 and a half for their over under win total. Any plays? I took the under on this. Ooh! Woo! Talk to me. All right. So, hear me out. I mean, all right. So, we, we know Nick Saban. I mean, I would say, obviously, probably the undisputed, probably GOAT, especially college football-wise. The whole thing for me is, is yes, I know they just recycle five stars and four stars every single year, but... I get boring. But, yeah, I mean, you have Bryce Young starting this year, and Bryce Young, dude hasn't he, he hasn't started a game yet in college yet. And not only that, but he's going to have a lot of pressure on him with about the $800,000 in name, image, and likeness that he's gaining this year. So I think that is one thing with the whole paying the players is they're paying you, so they're going to expect you to ball out. And so I think, I mean, all it's going to take is losing one game. That's all it takes. And honestly, this year, I think uh, – I think, I mean, you know what? I'll, I'll, sh- I'll save it for later. But I don't think Alabama wins the SEC championship this year. Hey, hey, is it Miami week one? Yes or no? No. Okay. All right. All right. All right. We'll say the rest for later because we're getting to the SEC. Um, Joel, do you have a play on Alabama, 11 and a half? Brett, I mean, Brett makes a very good point. I, I've got Alabama over just because you know they're going to make it to the playoffs somehow it's just I understand they've got a bunch of young guys but this is just how it works this I don't understand it but that's just how it works Nick Saban he gets his four stars and then he gets all those five stars and then he goes coaches him up and and wins championships but uh, I, I think Brett, you've got a good point. You know, he's got a lot of young players. Their first game is Miami. Is that a neutral site game or is that – I think it's at – it says at Miami. Um, that's, uh, no, the game's in Atlanta. Okay, so it is a neutral site, which yeah. Atlanta is basically home to Alabama because they go there. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, they freaking draw there every single year. But I – do you – Miami, guess who's still there at quarterback? Guess who is still quarterbacking? Not Kyle Trask, but Kyle Trask's high school quarterback foe who, who started in front of him in high school, Derek King. 
He was also at Houston, and then he's still at Miami. I, I think he's going to do really well this year. And then I, I hate to say it, but you've got this really good team week three of Alabama's schedule, and it's on oh, the road again. We're going to get gonna, there. We're going to get there. Anyways, I'm saying Alabama's going to do it. Like, they're going to win over, but I, I could easily see what Brett's saying. Okay. I also have no play. If I was Celine, I'd lean with Joel over. Um, I don't really think anyone on Alabama's schedule is better than them. I think the only way Alabama loses one or two games, but on breaking news, Braves are playing. Uh, Freddie Freeman just hit for the cycle, which is pretty damn cool. No, but but back to the back back to back to the show. The only way I see Alabama losing a game is if Bryce Young gets hurt. Um, and that could happen against, like, Florida, A&M. Even Ole Miss, like, if he goes down, Lane's got to dial up that damn offense and be aggressive as hell. Like, he'll put all his chips in. Um, injuries is – if Alabama stays healthy, they go 12-0. If they don't, I can see a slip-up along the way. But, you know, never hoping or wishing for injuries. So, I would also lean Bama over. I'm not touching it personally. But that takes us to Saban's former defensive coordinator – Kirby Smart and the Georgia Bulldogs, 10 and a half. Brett, do you have a play? I want to take the over so bad on this. But if, if they didn't have Clemson out of conference, I would take this. But, I mean, I spoiler alert, I have Georgia to win the SEC championship this year. Just, um, just putting Ooh. that out there. I think they – they know what they have at JT Daniels. And I think it's going to come down to their wide receiver play. And I think that will be a lot better than last year. But, yeah, I think – I mean, that Georgia – Mark, is just, are you going to that game? I mean, that's right in your backyard. No. So, that weekend – that's September 4th, I believe. Yeah. So, that weekend, State opens up on a Thursday. So, we'll be in Raleigh. Uh, Friday, we have some plans. And then Saturday, I'm actually going dove hunting. So uh, I'll, I'll not be in Charlotte for the game. But before Joel hops in and gives his bias, uh, fan opinion, whatever, excuse me, I'm on the over. So, Brett, if you want to hop in with me after my explanation, and it's as simple as they only have to be Clemson or Florida, and they're going to be one of those teams. I don't, I don't think Kirby Smart's going to lose to both. I think if they lose to Clemson, it'll most likely be a shootout and they're just going to roll over Florida. But, I mean, just one or two of those games, they just have to take. And I, I see them getting it done. They have four starters back on the O-line. So, from an offensive line that was already one of the best in the country, they're going to be just as good. Their defense is really good. So, last year, looking at the stats, only two teams got over 300 yards on Georgia – and it was Alabama and Florida, and they both threw up in the 400s. But Florida's offense was really good last year, and we all know what Bama, like, went on to do. Um, they did lose two defensive backs to the NFL, Tyson Campbell and Eric Stokes, but they got Darion Kendrick from Clemson, and I think that's going to be really good. That's another plug-and-play. So, and Georgia has a talent. They, I think Georgia's a more talented football team than Florida and has a better system as now. Um, and if they just have to win one big game and go clean the rest, I'm going to roll with them. So I'm taking Georgia over 
ten and a half. So then, so yeah, I mean, I, I do think I think the problem is is Tyke Smith, the transfer from West Virginia. Yeah, they got him too. Yeah, but he's he's possibly out the first game, and they also have a um, a tight end, Darnell Washington, that is also potentially out for the first game. But like you said, I mean, you don't even have to beat Clemson. You just have to sweep the rest of the teams in the SEC. So I think it's, I think it's definitely, I think it's definitely possible. You know what? Put me up there. Put me over. Nice. What's the ride? Dogs. Dogs over 10 and a half. It's good to hear them there. It's disgusting. Joel, do you have a play or are you just going to stay out of it? No, as a matter of fact, I do, Marcus. Um, people talk about Georgia, and, and when they talk about him, they talk about JT Daniels as if this man is just phenomenal. First of all, he didn't do hardly anything over at USC, and then he comes to Georgia, he's hurt, and then he gets like a walk-on starting in front of him, and then he finally gets to play – and people rave about his numbers. And he did do good, but the last four games of the season, he played Mississippi State, South Carolina, Missouri, and Vanderbilt. And, and Cincinnati in a bowl game. And that's just like, we're, com- we're not comparing him to Alabama, to Florida. Like, those are the real teams that he, they played last year. They, they are. Marcus, they are. <laughs> Joel, he's, he's going. He's going to be better. I know he's going to be better, but I don't think that JT Daniels is as good as people say that he is. Now, their defense is going to be really good. They they always have a really good defense. I mean, Will Muschamp's back there, and he's a D coordinator. So I, I think they'll be really challenging. And then Georgia, you can always count on them to have a really good run game. Um, and then Eric Gilbert. You see that he is the tight end from LSU. He transferred there. Now, well, first he transferred to Florida, and then he transferred to Georgia. I think he's got some family issues going on, so now he's not at Georgia anymore either. Um, okay, so, so let me let me ask you one thing. All right, so basically, if I looking at the schedule, if you win one, if you win Clemson or Florida. And you lose one of the one or the other. You have UAB, South Carolina, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Auburn, Kentucky, Missouri, Tennessee, Charleston Southern, and Georgia Tech. The I mean, only team sleep no. on Jeff Collins at no, Georgia no, Tech. No, no, no Georgia Tech God. has no shot. Joel, they have no shot. Let's be realistic. <laughs> the only team that has a chance at knocking Georgia off is Ole Miss. And that's because Ole Miss is gonna put up 40-plus points a game, yeah. but we'll get to them. Yeah, well, they'll also give up 45. That's the thing. No, no, their defense will be better, and they're also fully vaccinated. So, I don't think anyone <laughs> on their team is going to be out ever. No, that's big. Are you kidding me? That's going to be huge this year. I mean, you're not wrong. We could just be I'm honest. I'm not saying they're going to win because I don't think they'll win. You just made it sound like they had a Heisman contender because they were fully vaxxed. <laughs> and I was not expecting that. It just caught me off guard. Okay. So, Joel, are you on Georgia under? Under. 
All right, and Joel, all I'm saying is that you better be glad that Ole Miss ain't playing Florida because they'll probably beat y'all. Last year. All right, Joel has Georgia under 10 and a half. He's just a sour Virginia Tech fan. No, that that's a home homer homer. He likes to go between uh, Virginia Tech and State, whichever one is playing better at the time. Well, I mean, they've both been playing about the same, so I ain't really got a lot of rhyme for me right now. All right. Uh, all right. So after Joel's homerism is gone, and we'll get to his Gators next. In between, we have the Aggies of Texas A&M over under nine and a half. I don't have a play. What about you guys? I also don't either. I, know, I think there's a lot unknown with Kellen Long gone. He's going to step in and fill out a role. So I'm, I'm passing this one. I, you know, Texas A&M, they, they kind of fell in a weird spot last year where they came in fifth and just missed the playoff. And really, I think a lot of that came down to they they had a pretty easier – like a, they had a much more manageable schedule uh, than other teams, at least in the West division of the SEC. Um Gosh, I can't remember what game it was, but there was some stuff going on with COVID towards the end of the season, and we thought that Texas A&M was going to get together with – gosh, was it – Texas some, A&M, they didn't play Ole Miss. It got rescheduled and canceled because of COVID. Yeah, but Texas A&M was – it was Ohio State. They were thinking about doing like a last-minute game with Ohio State because both of – you know, they had a lot of canceled games between the two of them. And they were like, you heard all these whispers that they were going to, you know, have this game so that they could make their case for the playoffs. Because Texas A&M didn't have that front of a schedule. And they did lose to Alabama. Anyways, I say that to say, I'm not worried about Jimbo not ha- having Kelman. Jimbo's had a great quarterback wherever he's been and like every year. I look at Jameis Winston and even look at DeAndre Francois. Like when Jimbo had DeAndre Francois at FSU, the kid was phenomenal. And then he tore his ACL and then he was complete garbage when Jimbo left. And I I, I think Jimbo will get any quarterback playing well. And I, I really see the only team they lose to is Alabama. And they'll probably have the best defense in the SEC, if not maybe Alabama or LSU. But uh, I like Texas A&M. I think they'll be good next year. Are you on the over? I'm on the over. All right, Joel's on Texas A&M. I mean, they're scheduled. They're, they're out of conference with Kent State, Colorado, New Mexico. In prayer review. I mean, my God. You know what? Uh, That's why Texas and Oklahoma need to join. Well, you saying I shouldn't do it, Marcus? I mean, that's four wins right there. And then I think you beat Mississippi State, beat Auburn, because, I mean, what's Auburn going to be this year? Shit. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, I'm not – They got Derek Mason on the defensive coordinator. Yeah, I wouldn't worry too much about that. Yeah, I, you cannot trust their Nick. I don't know. Um, when it comes to AM, I 
their schedule shapes out to be somewhat easy, but I mean, it, here, it, here's my thing. Here's where I fall. Um, Texas A&M over under nine and a half. How many times have they won over 10 games in the last 10 years? Yeah, just give me a number, both of you. I tell you. Brett, do you know? I'm guessing two times. Once. Johnny Football. They don't have that playmaker at quarterback. I mean, and Jimbo Connor recruits the same guys as Sumlin did. I think they're going to be good on defense, but when it comes to, like, their offensive firepower, they're like Wisconsin. Like, what's exciting about Texas A&M offensive football? They're not going to score a lot. So, like, when they go up and give – I'll go ahead and say I'm bullish on Ole Miss. Like, we'll get to them later, but – I don't think AM's going to be. No, I don't think AM's going to be scoring points to keep up with the rest of the SEC. Like, I think LSU's going to throw up a lot of points. Ole Miss is going to throw up a lot of points on them. Even like Missouri can. We don't, they're going to get beat by Bama. So I just see a lot of potential losses with their style of play. I honestly want to play it, but I mean, I'm not for the locks. But anyone out there listening, if you want to take Texas AM under nine and a half, I think it's a surefire bet. I think it all it's all gonna depend on the quarterback. That's a lot that's a that's another thing is that we, we just really don't know. And we don't know anything about these two guys. I mean, they it could be good, but I mean if they weren't good enough to start over Kellen Mon, are they gonna be better than last year? Because Kellen Mon wasn't good. I mean he's an NFL. Kellen Mon had his he had his good games and then he had his back. I mean he did. He wasn't he was, good. I mean, I'm not gonna say he was like He's average. The guy left TCU to. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, we'll we'll leave Texas A&M there. Only Joel's playing the over. I disagree. Brett probably leans with him. So, uh, Joel, go ahead. Just take the Gators. Nine wins. What you got? All right. Let Let me just speak wisdom and truth to you, man. Today, here in this moment. Let, let me pull up the schedule first of all. And okay, here we go. So we're going to start off the year against Willie Taggart and Florida Atlantic. That's a win. We know that. Okay. So there's one. Then we got, we're playing at USF because USF, they're big boys. Whereas UCF wanted to cry about doing a two for one. You know, USF did it. Now UCF has finally done it. But I don't see a way we lose against South Florida. Okay, there's two wins. Okay, let's skip that third game for just a second. We're going to come back. Um, Tennessee, that's a win. I can't wait to beat Josh Heupel and UCF 2.0. Kentucky, that's another win for – Kentucky you always struggle against, though. Let's be honest. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be fine. Vanderbilt, we lost to Kentucky one time in 28 years. Okay. <laughs> well, that's a win. That's five. LSU will come back. Okay, Georgia will come back. South Carolina win. That's six. Sanford seven. Missouri wow, what, eight. What a tough game on the schedule, right FSU there. FSU nine. Okay. Hey, Sanford took FSU down to the wire last year. Yeah, so, everybody held <laughs> you down. That's nine right there without even looking at Georgia, LSU, and Alabama. Now, I, 
I don't think we're going to win all three of those games. I think we'll be lucky to win two of those games. I do too. Um, I think it benefits us to play Alabama that early on in the season in the swamp. And that'll be our first big game with full capacity stadium since 2019. Uh, So, it's going to be electric there. I'm going to that game. Also going to Florida, Georgia. I think we'll have a good chance against Alabama. I'm not sure if we'll win or not. Um, we have more experience than them. Uh, but I don't know. Nick Saban, he does the Nick Saban stuff and they always win. LSU, I'm nervous about because LSU actually has a really good defense, just like Alabama. And they also have a good wide receiver core and a good offensive line. And I think their quarterback situation this year is going to be a lot better, too. So I think LSU, they're not going to be quite what they were with Joe Burrow, but they're going to be a lot better in that game is at LSU. So that always concerns me. There's something about LSU that they're just – I love it. That's probably my favorite game every year is Florida-LSU. Yeah, we all remember last year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't throw the shoe. <laughs> I'm terrible. There's always something like that. And then Florida, Georgia, we beat Georgia last year for the first time in a hot minute, and it felt so good. And I think we're going to, I think we're going to continue that here this year. So I, I'm definitely taking us over on this. Easy, Marcus. Um, I'm with Joel. I'm on Florida over as much as we disagree about everything I, I else. Can't I can't believe he said that. No, it, it, I mean, and here's the reason. I mean, there's nine, there are over-unders at nine, and I see nine wins automatically. Yeah. FAU, South Florida, Tennessee, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, South Carolina, Sanford, Missouri, Florida State. They're going to yeah. win those games. So I mean, it, comes, it comes down to the nine wins. So I think at worst case, I'm getting a push. You either have to upset Bama or just get one game between LSU and Georgia, which I think you guys have a better shot against LSU than Georgia, obviously, because I took Georgia over 10 and a half, but it's an easy schedule. How do you not take yeah, over? You're pushing, I, I, you're pushing worst case. The East, protection. the East is definitely down this year other than basically Florida and Georgia, which it's been like that for a while. But – the only problems I see with our team is potentially the offensive line and the defense, the, the corners on defense. The I, defense I, can't be any worse than last year. Well, I know, I know. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jaden Hill, one of our cornerbacks, I mean, he just tore his ACL last week. So that sucks. And then – I, I think our offense, like we have a stable of running backs, and we got Demarcus Bowman from Clemson, who was a five star as well. And then watch out for my boy Trent Whittemore. He's a wide receiver. Just watch out for him. He's going to blow up this year, I think. And I'm really excited to see him. We're good friends. Uh, Henry just, Jones is your guys' starter, right? Yes. And then I absolutely I'm super confident in Emory. What's funny about Emory and Marcus, you'll appreciate this because you seem to have a love affair with Ole Miss right now, is Matt (laughs) Coral was committed to us. 
And then we fired Jim McElwain and Dan Mullen went after Emory instead of calling up Matt Coral and being like, hey, man, come on, stay at Florida. He said, screw that. I'm going to Emory, who's committed to Ohio State. And he snagged Emory, and then Matt Coral went and committed to Ole Miss the very next week. Um, yeah, but I, I mean, think- that goes to show, like, Dan Mullen's a hell of a recruiter. So I'm yeah. not, one, I'm not shocked that he can pull a recruiter away from Ohio State, but that's this type of quarterback. He wants like a Dak yeah. Scott S type. So that's, that, and that's the thing. Emory Jones is really his type of quarterback. I think Emory's going to go through some growing pains, but he's got a lot of experience. He has played a lot in some of these games. And I, I think he's also very mobile. And even the guy behind him, Anthony Richardson, is going to be kind of like a Cam Newton-esque um, with mm. his mobility. Yeah, so. Cam Newton-esque. Poor man's Cam Newton, I think, would be a better term. But I think no, he could I, be a better Cam Newton. Oh, God. Please, I, Joel, I, stop I don't, it. I don't, stop I don't, it. I don't no. like Cam Newton, but yeah. there's nobody better in college than Cam Newton was. Dude was a freak. Joel, I'm already with you on the over. Don't don't make me flip it from these <laughs> asinine takes. <laughs> All right, someone else go. Talk, Brett, talk about Florida for me. Yeah, I uh, I hate to admit this, but I'm going over as well. Clean sweep for the over. It's an easy schedule. Yeah, I mean, the the out-of-conference is ridiculous. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but Alabama better be watching out for that September 18th game. Y'all, just talk to me. I I know y'all think we have an easy schedule. And for the most part, we do. But out of Alabama, LSU, and Georgia – What's your take on those three games for us? You'll beat LSU and you'll lose to Bama and Florida, but you'll still get 10 wins, which is crazy. I mean, I, I think out of those three games, I think you have the best chance of beating Alabama, to be honest. The, I will say the, uh, only, L- the only way – away scares me. LSU away always. Yeah. Yeah, it, but I think you guys can do it. Um, and, like, I've been to Tiger Stadium, Death Valley. It's probably the best college football environment I've ever been in. It's, it's awesome. But the, the biggest trouble I see for you guys is going to be your last two weeks of the season. I think Missouri may be a sleeper team this year. I think uh, Eli Drinkowitz, former App State coach, he's going he's gonna to get somebody this season. Eli was SEC media days. He does not like Dan Mullen. There's some beef there. And – Dan, well, to be fair, Dan Mullen, he was a little absurd last year with some of his remarks. I mean, if we're being honest. With a lot of his remarks. But but I think Missouri, I think you'll get all their chips in for them to beat you. And you never know, like Florida State's a rivalry game. I'm not expecting a lot out of the Knowles. But, I mean, Missouri, Florida State, back-to-back weeks. You need to be worried if Florida State gets it rolling, it's – and if they're sitting at like six wins and trying to get seven, uh, I, I'd be a little nervous going into that game because you're going to get their best shot. But again, I'm on the over. Easy schedule. You just have to win one big game. And should you get three tries, why can't you win one? I'm not worried about FSU anymore. It's at Florida. All right. Well, we'll talk uh, Thanksgiving weekend. <laughs> All right. That takes us to our next total. Uh, LSU over under eight and a half. Any plays? I don't have one. I don't either. Uh, I did over here because I really like 
LSU's defense, their offensive line, and then their wide receiver group. If they can just figure it out at quarterback, I think they'll be good enough to get over eight and a half. And the only three teams I see them really struggling with is Bama, Florida, and A&M. Um, so I, I think they can at least make nine wins for sure. I think eight and a half is a really tough number. I think eight wins is more likely than nine. Um, and that goes to show on the line is plus 100 to the over, uh, minus 125 to the under. So Vegas agrees that the under is more likely. But, I mean, they can get it done. They have the talent. Like their defense is going to be stout. If uh, – their quarterback, is it uh, Brennan? Yeah, who their quarterback is. He got hurt yeah. early of last season. Yeah, he got hurt, I think. Yeah, who's their quarterback? Uh, Max Johnson. Johnson, yeah, that's who it is, not Brennan. Yeah, so if he if he can stay healthy, I think he was a pretty good, like, successor to Joe Burrow. And the way I kind of played it out, last year should have been LSU's down year after the Natty team, and then Johnson should have been able to ball for them this year. He got hurt, so obviously he isn't going to be as good as he could have. But, again, I lean under, but, I think, Joel, that's a – you're going to be sweating that out the whole season for that eight and a half over. So good luck. You know what's funny here? Nussmeyer is also a quarterback under under there. Um, Nussmeyer was the OC at Florida back when McElwain was there, and it was just an absolute train wreck, as we all know. Cool. All right. So uh, only Joel is. Wait, Brett, did you have a play for LSU? I'm not taking that. I'm not, I'm not playing. Yeah, I figured. I think I think it's safe to stay away. Um, all right, so that takes us to Ole Miss seven wins. I'll play this one first. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna take you're gonna take uh, I mean, should this be over under a ten forty or something like that? You probably no, take it over. Not ten, but I'll tell you what. I think seven. You really want to go ahead and pen, the pencil them into the playoffs right now? No, 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 no. I like Lane Kiffin and I like what he's doing, but I mean, they're not that. They're not playoff ready yet, but I think seven's a very, very bad number for them. It's uh, I mean, the schedule's very favorable. So, looking at their schedule, they will beat Louisville week one. They're going to beat Austin P, Tulane, Arkansas. They're going to beat Tennessee, Auburn, and Vandy. That's seven wins. That's a push. So, if you're telling me out of LSU, Liberty, A&M, and Mississippi State – and Watch out for Liberty. No, 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 no. Liberty, Q Freeze, honest to God, they, they really don't have a good shot. It'll be like a 12-point game. coached from a hospital bed up who in the gives, sky. Who gives a damn? That don't mean a football team's going to win. <laughs> no, but, I mean, in, I really only put Liberty down there because I know Liberty was good last year. They can sneak up on you. I mean, you're going to get their best shot. In Mississippi State, the Egg Bowl can get interesting. But LSU, who's not a lock, Liberty, A&M, who I'm not very big on A&M because if it becomes an offensive shootout, Ole Miss is going to win that game seven times out of ten in Mississippi State. I just need one of those for an over. I mean, the schedule's a push. Yeah, you're, you're not wrong. I'm yeah, I, mean, right I, think, I think Lane Kiffin and Jeff Levy, they're going to go – they're going to take Mac route to the next level. This is, I will say, my favorite – over under bet that I personally will put the most units on 
if it comes out seven in my book and we get our lunch from the action network, um, just FYI, I, I bet my damn second, like a second mortgage on Ole Miss over seven because it, it's, it's a bad number. It's just flat out a bad number. The, the only thing oh, is, oh, is you get into the situation that like, where's the, what ends if the office struggles one day? Because you know, they ain't stopping anybody. I mean, they're, they're going to have to go hand in hand with offense. Like that's the only way they're going to be able to do it. Yeah. But, I, I mean, agree. I, I, I do think, agree. With I think you. their defense will be, be, yeah, no, I think their defense will be better. So it, will they be and, and here's what I'm saying. Will they be better enough to beat Liberty? Yes. Will they be better? More, or will they be like more well off to be Mississippi State? Yes. Are they going to be good enough to beat LSU and A&M? Maybe, but we'll see. But, I mean, are, Ole Miss is going to throw up over 40 points a game. So, I mean, it's just it's, it's going to be a horse race. You bring a good point. So I'll, I'll take the over as well just because of their non-conference schedule. <laughs> I'd take the over, too, because of the non-conference schedule. And, and If they had a defense, though, they would be – they would be. Fairly I mean, cool. even just an average defense. Yeah. I mean, they went toe and toe with Alabama or Mississippi State or no Alabama last year. They no. just couldn't stop them towards the end. Yeah, and, and I mean that's the honest to god truth. But again, defense will be a little bit better. They're they're not going to be Bama. Like that's not a win I have. But I, I see if they lose to LSU, Liberty, and in the Mississippi State, it's a push. It it. This is my favorite bet. So lay it. All right. So Ole Miss seven wins. We also have two other teams with seven wins as their total. Next one, Missouri. Any place? Not touching this one. Though I do think I, I was impressed with what uh Drinkwoods did last year. Yeah. But I am not I'm not gonna take this. Yeah. I'm not touching it either. I don't really. Say, I'm not on Missouri. I don't really get a good read on them. I think seven's a good number. Um, eight wins, I don't really see it. Seven wins, I see it. Maybe even seven more than six, so I'm leaving it alone. Next, we have the Tigers in Auburn, Alabama. Seven wins, any place? not taking this one either. I'm sorry, but I just cannot trust Bo Nix. Yeah. They're, you know, I was talking about Texas A&M's defense. Auburn's going to have a phenomenal defense. But what are they going to do at quarterback? No one knows. So, I wouldn't touch them. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'm actually playing this one. Um, I'm on the under. I'm I'm not very big on Auburn this year. I don't know what the hell they're going to do. Like Joel said, they're going to be good defense. Everything that I, like, looked into doesn't really indicate that they're going to be, like, good, maybe, like, average on defense. So, their schedule, they open up with Akron, Alabama State, two wins. I think they lose in Happy Valley at Penn State. I think they come back home, beat Georgia State. But when it comes to LSU, Georgia, I see losses. They can easily lose to Arkansas. I think Sam Pittman's going to get somebody this year. And first-year coach at Auburn, I think that's doable. Again, I think Ole Miss. I don't think Auburn. Auburn's offense sucks. Like, I don't know if Bo Nix is capable of throwing up 40 points in the game with his offense. So, I think if it comes into a boat race, Ole Miss is going to beat them. A&M is better. And 
the bad thing is after they go to College Station, they come back home against Mike Leach of Mississippi State late in the season. I think that can be a trap game for them. And I think that's just going to secure my under because even if they win at South Carolina, which is probably more than likely, um, they're not beating Alabama. So I, I'm not big on them at all. They have a lot of toss-up games. I see six wins, best case scenario, just like Ole Miss was a bad number at over seven. I think Auburn's also a bad number at seven. I think they should be more at six and like push best case scenario. So I, I'm on Auburn under seven. I, I just don't see what they have going for them. I like it. Not All right. Cool. All right. So after Auburn, um, seven wins, we have the Volunteers, Tennessee, six wins. Any plays? Um, I'm putting them under that. I just don't see it. Um, you know, they'll beat Vanderbilt, they'll beat South Alabama, and then maybe be Tennessee Tech and Pitt. So that puts them at four and then five with Bowling Green. I don't foresee them beating Kentucky. don't see them beating Florida or Missouri or South Carolina. Um, and definitely not Ole Miss or Alabama or Georgia. So they've got a lot of good talent. It's just – it's hard when you've transferred out so many of your key players and now you've got a brand-new coach and everything. So. Yep. So, Brett, what you got here? Yeah, no, I'm not playing this one. I just – I mean, new head coach. But, man, they're, they're a mess over there. They really are. So, I, I'm not touching it. Cool. So, I'm playing this game and – I'm also on the under with you, Joel. I, when I look at this Tennessee team and everything they lost, um, whatever they have coming in, I, I think they're going to need more than one year to get it going. I was actually uh, with my buddy Trevor a couple of days ago just talking about Tennessee, and he said he could see six wins. And if I take the under six and I push, cool, but I see a lot of push protection here. I, I just don't see it. They're, like you said, they're going to be Bowling Green, Tennessee Tech, South Alabama, and they should be Vanderbilt. Um, Kentucky, I don't think that's a guaranteed win for them um, at Kentucky. And even South Carolina, I think Shane Beamer, like uh, Sam Pittman at Arkansas, he's going to get somebody this year. And like their, their team was purged. Like they're, I, I believe they're going to lose to Pittsburgh week two. I think Pitt's a better team than Tennessee across the board. I don't think they're not better than Missouri. They can't throw up enough points to beat Ole Miss. Georgia's out of the question. And I, I see five wins. If Tennessee makes the bowl, cool. I'll take it. I'll push. But I think the volunteers are going to struggle this year. I, would they win three games last year? Yeah, man. <laughs> That's bad. Yeah, no, I, I think it's I think it's going to be pretty ugly for Tennessee. So I'll take the I think this number should be at maybe five and a half and make you choose a side, but I'll take under six, like, every day. All right. This one's pretty easy here in Mississippi State. Five and um, a half? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm definitely going under. I don't foresee them. <laughs> they might be Vanderbilt. Um, <laughs> they might be Tennessee State. But they ain't beating Ole Miss. They ain't beating A&M. They ain't beating Alabama. Probably not going to beat Kentucky. 
And it doesn't help that they play Memphis and NC State out of conference. Um, I think NC State might beat them, and I think Memphis will probably beat them too. Yeah, I just – I'm not playing this, but I just – I will never understand the Mike Leach hire. I really don't. I mean, the guy – like I said, I remember last year when they beat uh, LSU the first game of the year, and they thought – I mean, LSU at the time was preseason. They were overranked at number six just based on the hype from last year, from the previous year with Joe Burrow and team. So, I mean, I'm not taking this, but I just – I don't know. They were bad last year. They were real bad. Yeah. Um, I I agree with Mississippi State. They, they were bad. I, I don't have a play here. But I do have to backtrack us. So, I did notice on the Action Network, Kentucky did not have an over-under win total. From, oh, no. Yes, I know that. From what I'm seeing from other books, I'm seeing anywhere from like seven to six and a half. Do any of you guys have Kentucky plays? Because I for sure do not. No. I don't, but if it is at seven, I would put under. On. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kentucky's a seven on your book. I agree. Take the under. All right. So we just did a very brief Kentucky and Mississippi State. All right. Uh, Sam Pittman in the Hogs, five and a half. Any plays? I'm going over on this. Cool. Talk to me. I, I'm a big Sam Pittman guy after what he did last year. I mean, they were supposed to they were supposed to be awful last year. And he got he had some couple impressive wins and they should have beat Auburn. They got screwed against Auburn. Yeah, on that, uh, so I mean uh, looking at their schedule, they I think they can beat I think they can beat Rice. Texas, I think, could be a toss up. I see Georgia Southern win. I can also see them beating – I think I, I can see them beating Auburn as well as Arkansas Pine Bluff. And then I think I could see them beating Mississippi State and then Missouri as well. So I think it's definitely doable for them to get to six wins. I'm not touching this one. I, I, mean, I can see it go either way, but um... – Brett, if you had to call Arkansas, Texas today, who who do you have winning? Just based on, I mean, I would go Arkansas just because I don't think we know what Texas is going to bring. I I agree with you. I, I think is Felipe Frank's back again? No, he's with the Atlanta Falcons right now. Oh gosh, yeah, pretty good. I think Arkansas's quarterback, I, I forget his name escapes me, but when I was I was looking at like Sam Pittman press conferences just to see what was going on over there in Fayetteville. And he's basically said their quarterback like did all right today, did better yesterday. It seems like he's going back and forth with how good he's gonna be, but you never know. Say what? Do they still have Rakeem Boyd from last chance you? I know he played last year. I wasn't sure if he was Mm, yeah, I'm not sure, but it sounded like their quarterback was going back and forth, just like with good days, bad days. Yeah, I, mean, um, I think that I think that Texas Arkansas game is basically a pick 'em, honestly, because you don't know what Texas is going to do either. No. Yeah. No, I agree. If, I think Texas will be favored by maybe seven, eight and a half against Arkansas. I probably take the Hogs in the points. 
Yeah. Me too. But we'll we'll get there eventually. So let's keep on rolling. Uh, South Carolina over under four wins. Plays. Not taking that. I'm also not taking it. I, I don't really see outside of, you know, outside of the conference games, they play Eastern Illinois. You got to think that's a win. And then they play ECU, which ever since Ruffin McNeil left ECU, they've just really gone downhill. They're bad. They're bad. <laughs> so I, I would think that they'll win that one. And then Troy, that's a toss-up. Um, so my guy Trent Whittemore, his brother plays for Troy. Luke Whittemore, he's a, a wide receiver there. They're actually they're pretty good. Um, so <laughs> I could see I mean, Troy potentially beating South Carolina. So you could see South Carolina. You could see Eastern Illinois, East Carolina, Troy. So that's three. They probably could beat Vanderbilt. So that's four. Can you get another one in there? No. I don't think you can. Game beating Clemson. No. Auburn, Mizzou, Florida. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, could you get a Kentucky? Yeah. Possibly. Possibly. Possible. I'm not taking it, but I think you could. Yeah, I think South Carolina could beat Kentucky. Yeah, I'm, not, Auburn, I'm, I'm not taking this, though. No, hell no. Staying away. I think Shane Beamer's going to have a rough first year. He's going to need like two, three years to be somewhat competitive in the East. Yeah. All right. So let's go to the one we've all been waiting for Vandy, <laughs> Vanderbilt, over under three wins. Uh, I'll let you guys take it and I'll, I'll close it out because I actually have a play here. So let me know what y'all are thinking. Wow. Do you really? Yep. I'm putting under three because they didn't win a game last year. <laughs> so now we're expecting to win uh, three, four games. That's pretty absurd. Um, East Tennessee State, they could beat Vanderbilt. Colorado State, they could beat Vanderbilt. St- Stanford, absolutely. Georgia, just not even worth our time discussing. UConn. Vanderbilt probably will beat UConn. UConn yeah, did. UConn has Joel, been, they're one hundred percent gonna beat UConn. UConn should even play not. last year because they were gonna lose <laughs> like, money. Vanderbilt's the worst in the SEC, but they're not the worst in the nation like UConn. Bad Marcus. <laughs> they're not well right now. The state, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, am I crazy to think that they could actually win four? I mean, you yeah. can beat these tennis. East Tennessee State, mm-hmm. Florida State. I don't know. That's tough. The quarterback is good. He'll, he'll be a sophomore this year, and then their offensive line is trash. So the quarterback has to get the ball out immediately. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not. I think it, I think it's possible. I'm not touching it, but I definitely think it is. So I think I was just talked out of my play. I was on Vandy over three. And I was kind of hoping for a push. You can't place these bets to hope for pushes. Where where were your wins at? Where were your four wins at? Where where did you find four wins? <laughs> okay, no, they're they're better than East Tennessee State and UConn. They're better than Colorado State. They're better than Colorado oh, State. Will they, no, no, no. Will they beat them? I don't know, but they're better than Colorado State. I don't State. think they are. I don't think they are. <laughs> <laughs> 
They may not be. Um, <laughs> they can beat Stanford. No, they can't beat Stanford. I don't know about that. That's not possible. Joel, give me your Stanford report. I couldn't tell you, but I know it's not been as bad as as Vanderbilt. No, 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 no. They can coach over at Stanford. Dude, they can beat Stanford, South Carolina, or Kentucky. I could also see them losing all those. It's off my sheet. I'm not offensive to say to Shane Beamer that he's going to lose. Vandy, I'm hoping you hit the over, but I, I we, we just we just talked you out of your own play right there. You just, yeah. you just realized that, right? He was Vanderbilt. It wasn't hard to do. <laughs> no, you just I, mean, I could only have that conversation out loud. You no, were... no, 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 no. I, Joel, Vandy is going to be a favorite over Colorado State. What do you mean they can't beat them? I don't know if they will, though. <laughs> I, I seriously don't know if they will. Are you kidding me? They result okay. Last was it last year that did did they have the, the soccer girl as yeah. their kicker last yeah. year? Yeah, they did, and that was just okay. to add some enthusiasm soccer to the team. But just... you know what, Marcus? I want you to stick to your gut and take the over. I'm not taking it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because three is a good number. Three is a good number. Uh, it wasn't five minutes ago. You thought four was a good number. Ah. Would you put a second mortgage on this one? No, only on all this. <laughs> I mean, besides East Tennessee State, Colorado State, and Connecticut, where is that fourth one coming from? Like I said, dude, South Carolina or Kentucky or Tennessee. Vandy has had Tennessee's number a couple of times these past years. So let's not forget. Tennessee's not good. If it weren't for Vanderbilt baseball, I would say let's just move them out of the SEC and just do a swap with another school. Like They, they bring you good academics, though. I know they do. They do that. Maybe yeah. swap them with Clemson. They'd fit great in the ACC. When you have schools like Arkansas, Ole Miss, like you need a Vanderbilt in there. <laughs> you got some hillbillies. <laughs> the sticks. Okay. Well, I, no, I'm not playing Vandy. It, it, it's off the board. I can't believe I got I got intimidated out of playing. You did. Because you, you realize that the writing is on the wall, and you're like, wait, where is that? The, where's the third win, possibly? It, it was more along the lines of when I heard myself say, I'm kind of hoping for a push. You shouldn't play that. So, Joel, you have a long list of plays. You have one, two, three, five more plays than me and Brett. Me and Brett have the same, so – Let's uh let's recap. Um, we recapped Big Twelve earlier, so we're just gonna recap uh, SEC. If you skip forward in our commentary, you need to go back to hear Big Twelve picks. So Joel is playing Bama over eleven and a half, Georgia under ten and a half, Florida spite, Texas A and M over nine and a half, Florida over nine, LSU over nine, Ole Miss over or sorry. LSU over eight and a half, Ole Miss over seven, Tennessee under six, Mississippi State under five and a half, 
Vandy under three. Brett's SEC plays are Bama under 11 and a half, going the opposite way. Georgia over 10 and a half. Florida over nine. Ole Miss over seven. Arkansas over five and a half. And I am playing Georgia over 10 and a half. Florida over nine. Ole Miss over seven. Auburn under seven. Tennessee under six. It's going to be a sad year on Rocky Top. It is. Man, if this just doesn't get you pumped up for a football, I don't know what it does. Especially since next week, literally next week, next weekend is uh, week zero. Yeah, week zero. So, so Brett, some of our viewers have contacted us, and they want to hear, like, a North Carolina recap of, like, App State, ECU, and, like, other at-large teams like Coastal. You want to give them an episode over under for those teams on Tuesday, and yeah. then there are locks on. We'll throw a little Pac-12 in there, maybe. Yeah, a little Pac-12 in there. And you want to do our locks for week one on Wednesday. I'm at a yeah. bachelor party on Thursday, heading down to the Bayou. Um, yeah. In New Orleans. That, that'll be good. I don't think – I mean, there's – the games on week zero are not – amazing they're not really that great i think probably the main game is nebraska in Illinois. Illinois. which by the way scott frost what are we doing bud i mean did you guys see that the allegations now yeah. i did i did they're trying to do the same thing that tennessee did to prove it the, the similarities between tennessee and nebraska are stunning they're both old school programs that think that they should be doing a lot better than they are even though they, they should yeah. nebraska should be doing better it's a dude. Who wants to go to Nebraska for college? Do you see? I mean, they sell out the stadium every single. I mean, they could. They're great in the nineties. Yeah, but, but what's you doing on Thursday and Friday night? Well, Friday night football players know what you're doing. What's you doing midweek? There's yeah. a lot more to college. Not look. If I, was a, if I was a top recruit, the last place I'm looking to go is Nebraska. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, there's nothing to do there. That's why they pack the stadium. Every you don't even want to waste an official visit out to Nebraska. Yeah, hell no. <laughs> I, just, I just, I really thought Scott Frost would do so well there. But if he doesn't win this year, you got, I mean, you got to figure he's gone, right? No, it's Nebraska. No, I, I, th- I think he's gone, dude. They're, they're literally like have the writing on the wall. They started an internal investigation. So basically, dude, his buyout's like $25 million. That's disgusting. What did the man do? Lose? No, like the investigation stuff. They were oh. doing some – they were doing some practice or something like that without – it was because, like, something with COVID protocols, right? So Nebraska started an internal investigations in – give or take preface this by saying they said they had videos so you know if you're an analyst you're not allowed to like work with the team in like relation to a coach but apparently they had their like analysts like actually coaching which is not allowed because you only get so many like coaching like heads per count and they told on themselves they're 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 trying to not pay that 25 million dollar buyout when the season goes south but i don't think they'll pay him zero so yeah, Scott Frost will probably settle on like give me eight million dollars to walk and probably take and leave. This, is, this, this might be their plan to try to get him out of there. Honestly, <laughs> they know what the season's going to hold. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. I think Scott Frost is gone at the end of the season, whether he finishes it or 
or not. Well, he'll just go be an analyst at Alabama next year, then, just like they all do. It's a great rehab program. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> is that book still there? <laughs> It's, yeah, just not, it's not taking well for Butch. If, he should have rebounded by now. Yeah, usually they do. Usually they take a couple years there and somehow they get a coaching job elsewhere. Yeah, but when you're with saving every day, greatness just rubs off, right? I don't know. I don't know. Did you say Dan Nolan? Yes. Yeah, maybe. Okay, well – no, nevertheless, we're going to wrap this up. It's after 10 o'clock here on the East Coast. Uh, Joel, thank you for joining us. As always, you'll have to join us during the season for weekly picks. Good luck to your Florida Gators this season. Um, we're all on the over, I believe. So we're rooting. You know, just win us one big one. But other than that, Joel, thanks for joining us. Brett, as always, my co-host. So – Listeners, next Tuesday, you'll have a North Carolina teams and at-large picks over under win totals dropping. And then Wednesday, we'll give you win totals for week zero. We got to find a guest. Maybe we'll just do us through that day. You know? Anyone that works for Bush? What'd you say? Anyone you know that works for Bush? Yeah, we may try to get somebody from a Bush Beard Company. But no, as always, thank you guys. I'll talk to you next week. See you guys later. Bye.